One of our favourite guests on Feed, Play, Love is the wonderful Maggie Dent. Maggie is running a series of events focused on helping parents better manage fear, worry and anxiety in children. The events will run in Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth and we have a double pass to each event to give away. It's very exciting. In Calming Today's Anxious Kids, Maggie will be joined by two of her favourite parenting experts. They will not only explore why anxiety and associated behaviours occur, they will reveal simple strategies to improve our children's ability to regulate themselves. To win a double pass to the first Melbourne event on the 18th of May, simply head to babyology.com.au and click on Win to Enter. We'll be giving away tickets to the other cities in future episodes of Feed, Play, Love, so stay subscribed. Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. There are all kinds of traits we want our children to have as they grow. Resilience is a big one, kindness, compassion, curiosity. But what about grit? Nate Cook is the coach and owner of Gritbox, and he joins me in the studio. Hi, Nate. Welcome. Good morning, Siobhan. What is grit? Grit's a mindset. I think grit is is a headspace, and I think it's founded in doing something, understanding what worked, what didn't work, and then regardless of the outcome, I continue to keep pursuing forward towards okay. something. Yeah. Because it, it grit sounds a bit like I think of Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's got a bit of an edge to it. Do you see it that way? I know that you're what you're describing there is is a combination of resilience and growth mindset and all those wonderful things. But do you see grit as having kind of an edge of strength? I do. And I, and I think it's grounded in the fact that, I guess, I guess you say gritty. Yeah, but I kind of, I use the term like gritty kids. And gritty kids um, attract other gritty kids. So you see a, a child in a playground or, you know, somewhere at school, and you kind of find the kid that will just kind of keep ticking away, ticking away, ticking away. They'll kind of keep digging or they'll keep building and they won't necessarily stop because of that. Other kids I've found are attracted to that. There's something about that kid that kind of keeps them... Engaged. Moving, keep them going, engaged. Yeah, they've their minds so kind of fixated in where what they want, how they want it, and where they're going that it definitely attracts. So gritty kids attract gritty kids, and I think where grit, you know, kind of has its strength when we think about strength, is it allows kids to have the ability to be able to leverage off someone else's strength. So a kid who kind of appears strong, looks strong, will generally attract other kids because they feel protected around that. I think it's a primal kind of, you know, kind of understanding of having these, you know, safety net around you. But where I sort of really feel that kids who are able to pursue things, even though they're sort of finding that things are not working out have a goal and I guess they have it. I associate grit with goals or grits with desire and those kind of things. I guess some kids have it, some kids necessarily don't, but I have understood that you can actually teach it and you can learn it. Yeah. Well, that was what I was going to ask yeah. um, you about that. I mean, how you mentioned there are two things, goals and desires. Desires, yeah. everyone has. Yes. Goals, not so much. What is yeah. the difference to you between the two? I think a desire is it's something that starts from inside. There's a deep desire to want something, to achieve something, to see that somebody else has something that I want. 
a goal is something that you set up for yourself. Like I would like to climb to the top of that ladder. I would like to have the confidence to be able to go up there and slide down that slippery dip or climb. So a goal is something that you look at and that you realize that there are kind of steps involved to be able to achieve it. I feel desires are kind of deeply rooted inside that you really, 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 really want something. And grit is required for both. But I think it starts with desires. And so if if you're looking at your child and you're wanting yep. to help them develop grit, yep. does that mean you have to identify what goals would work for them? Like you, you, I could look at my daughter and say, um, I know that she loves swinging on the monkey bars and she loves getting up there. Um, but she also will see other kids doing missing the second bar or something, let's say. She calls it skipper bar. Yeah, right. Um, so if I look at that, I can see that she wants to do that. So then I can say, okay, so her goal, I have to articulate the goal for her and say, oh, it looks like you want to do skipper bar. Let's make that your goal. Like, is it actually articulating what a goal is for a child that will help them get there, I guess? I think so, yeah. I think kids kids have a desire to want to achieve, yep, something. They see it, and it's generally off modeling. So they'll see somebody do something, and there'll be a desire inside that I would like that, I want that. A goal comes in, and they start sort of having that little monkey mind or that little chatter. I'm not strong enough. I can't get there. I'm going to need to skip two bars, or I'm going to do those kind of things. I think having a good conversation with your child, whatever age, is understanding what do they want to do? Do they want to get to the other side? Do they want to look like John or Sally, how they can actually swing across? Articulating, I think, does help it, but allowing the kid to be able to kind of use their own words. We need to be mindful with goals and things like that, that we don't actually use our words to pass on to the kids. It needs to be their words. If they're not sure, we just keep going. So yeah. can you start, I'm just thinking how, yeah. I actually think this would probably apply to my life as well, but if you actually <laughs> said, okay, what is it that you want most? So you can ask questions and help them find their goal. And then is the next step after that to say, okay, so this is, because I, I imagine some children need to have goals explained to them. So how would you explain a goal to a child if you're trying to work out what their goal is? How would you explain it to them so yeah. they can find it? Great question. Goals start from within. I think goals start with a desire. Yep, a desire to want something or to achieve something or to see themselves doing something that others have. Generally, kids model. You'll see a kid in a in a playground doing it. Other kids will flock around them or they'll do certain things. So I think that's where desires and goals start from, from watching other kids. I don't think they're really sure about why they necessarily want to do that other than to maybe fit into the community or not look silly or weak or, you know, not being able to actually do it. So I think helping a child understand the goals and actually understand what is it about that particular activity or skill that actually makes them feel potentially better. What If you do this monkey bar, how will you feel? Most of all our experiences and our own values and beliefs are anchored kinesthetically. They're through movement. They're through actions and things like that. And my experience and understanding of that is a child will react physically. So when you're having a chat with a child about their goals, watch their body language. How is it? You think about if you take something away from a child, how do they generally react? Hands, arms, legs, screaming, jumping around, they, they show it physically. If you're talking to a child about setting a goal or wanting to achieve something, the first key is to watch their body language. If they get excited about it or they're kind of passionate, I want to show mum, and they're actually mimicking what those gestures are across the monkey bars and things like that, it's anchored in the feeling of wanting to be able to do it. If they're quite closed off, quite... Um, 
removed from the conversation around the goals, I understand that they haven't really understood why that's important for them to be able to do it. And that's okay. Mm. I know you see parents wanting their child to climb across the monkey bars because all, all of their friends' kids are doing it. And I don't want my kid to be scratching in the dirt or picking flowers or doing those kind of things. I want them to be doing it. That's a parent issue, not yeah. a kid's issue. Yeah. yeah. So body language is the best way. So you can understand it and explain it to them. But really, asking a question of what is it about that particular thing interests you or why is it why do you want to do that um it seems as well that once if you do set a goal the benefit of that is that then you have a something to aim for 100 percent. because you can't i mean unless you i was thinking about this my daughter actually can skip a bar <clears throat> she's pretty she's pretty advanced nice yeah thank you it's nothing to do with me great nothing parenting to, nothing, great parent, yeah that's nothing it. to do with the parenting nothing to do with the genetics because i am completely unathletic but um when I think about it, she definitely had the goal that she wanted to get there. Yeah. But I think in other ways, um, something like, for example, reading, which she doesn't enjoy doing, yep. but would, is very beneficial. <laughs> we all need to know how to read. Yep. Um, I can see how setting her a goal in that regard would yep. be really helpful because then we can say, okay, well, in order to reach your goal of being able to read this book on your own, we need to do a reader once a week or we need to do a reader every night and, yeah. and then you can step then you have a pathway but then if they fall off that pathway you can say hold on remember our goal like you've got something to aim towards and if I didn't have that then she's just going to meander through going oh, I want to do this but I can't be bothered yeah and that and that draws me back to grit which is where by having a goal yep or by having something that you're moving towards or aspiring to Something like reading, I can relate that personally to my my children. They're wanting to do certain things, but the grinding kind of hard work of yes. sitting down after a day and working through those readers, working through those things, helping through those little words, doing those things, it's tiring. It's exhausting for parents. Like it, it really is. And if a child doesn't necessarily associate a goal with, oh, I want to get to this reader by the end of this year. Why? What is it? What is it going to benefit me? Well, I can just trust mum and dad by the end of the, the year and by the time you finish school, you're going to thank us. Yeah, For an eight-year-old <laughs> or a nine-year-old, doesn't care about when they're 19 or 20 in uni. Do you no. know what I mean? They're caring about what's happening now. So in that sense, by having a goal and aspiring to those kind of things, grit is the process of being able to achieve the goal, yeah, whilst knowing that it's hard, I'm tired, I've been swimming this afternoon, we've been playing, mum's got home late, dad, all these kind of things, we're still going to do it. Yet we're still going to grind away because at the end, we're going to use that as a journey. Yep, grit is a journey mm. towards somewhere. And so how do you get them to embrace that? I think it's to do with being engaged in the process, the journey of what that looks like. It's a primal thing for kids, humans, yep, to be able to explore and be curious. And a curious mindset, we talk about a growth mindset. I like a curious mindset. If you're curious about a book or a topic or this is an interesting way to kind of head down, kids seem to engage a lot more. It's 
it needs to be interesting and engaging to them. Have yeah. you seen the readers they give them at school? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know. It's, it's, yeah, what, yeah. It's my pet hate. Yeah. So how can I get my child interested in, ha- in a book about how to cook muffins? Do you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. if we were cooking the muffins, okay, I can see the benefit there. Yeah. But in terms of a reading experience, yeah, some of those readers. Us, they were made in the 60s and 70s when I reckon they thought kids didn't have imagination or something. Was, yeah. Do you know? That's really, it's a, it's a hard challenge, that one. I think it is. And you know, my suggestion in that sense would be the readers are grinding work. Yeah. Yes. They're the 5am getting up, doing the exercise, doing the walk, doing those kind of things. I would then top and tail that with other books, other interesting reading, other kind of topics that, you know, your child is interested in and use that as a, as kind of like a, a parallel line. Yep. The readers are our grime work. That's a part of school. That's a part of going through where we need to get to by the end of the year that then sets you up for the next year and the next year and the next year. As soon as you start getting three years down the track though, mum, what's for dinner? We've, we've lost them. But the other work, the engaging work allows them to then see that the grinding work helps them being interested in those other topics. Yeah. So personal um, kind of experience of that with my son, he goes through the readers, goes through those kind of grinding work, but he's fascinated and loves marine life, loves whales, loves dolphins, loves conservation. We find other articles, magazines, books and things on that side. And he's now finding that the grinding work on the readers as mundane as they are, allows him to then better understand those other topics and those other things. So he's associating hard work, uncomfortable, to then I now can actually read these things and understand these type of things. Okay. I think we're going to have to get you back to talk about how parents can use grit, (laughs) particularly me. Yes. Um, Well, Nate, that is so fascinating. Thank you for coming in and chatting to us about it. You're welcome. That's been great. That's Nate Cook. He's a coach and owner of Gritbox Mind and Body Coaching. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.